Blog Talk Radio. More live fantasy sports radio than anyone on the planet. Seven continuous hours of football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus seven hours of game day frenzy on Sunday. 30 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Like Craig Davis of FantasyFootball.com. The Audible Cecil Lammy. Paul Greco of Melnick and Greco Fantasy Sports. And the fantasy football guys Lyle Conkiel and Kevin Moore. The Fantasy Sports Channel. Only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. We're live in 60 seconds. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rival. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Tonight, 
And uh, we are going to jump right to that in about 12 minutes. We're also going to break down uh, the draft that our good buddy uh, was in last week, um, the FFPC first ever Red versus Blue inaugural commentary live play-by-play draft. Okay, is that enough adjectives before the name? <laughs> That's the biggest title of a draft ever. Uh, but I do. I am always joined by my big blue co-host from Brandenburg, Kentucky, on location tonight from uh, the Waffle House, uh, Mike Trent. <laughs> Mike, you, you gathering a crowd there for, for everybody? Hey, I'll tell you what, we're having a good time. Uh, we we just got back from uh, Churchill Downs, enjoyed a, just an absolute wonderful time underneath the lights at Churchill Downs. I never thought I, I would ever see it, and uh, we witnessed it, had a great time. And uh, I'm sitting here in the Huddle House because that's just that's just where we are. But uh, I, I can't wait to break down the, uh, the different drafts that's getting ready to go on and uh, – Everything's getting ready to happen. Uh, looking forward to it, Scott. Well, Mike, I, I also want to mention that you are on absolute fire. We talked about it last week. The streak continues, brother. What is it, 16-1 and one now? 16-1, and one, baby. 16-1. and one. Uh, You know, for, for whatever reason, I will not continue to uh, put out a game here or there. Uh, I'll just do it basically because I want to play a game. And I saw one uh, last night, or the night before last, that was just perfect. And it hit me, And but uh, tonight I didn't see nothing, so we'll just keep moving on, and we'll, we'll be 16-1, and, and and we'll keep on winning games. <laughs> yeah, well, you're on absolute fire, and we are going to spend just a few minutes. We have about 10 minutes before the owners of the AFFL join us live tonight, uh, Wade Golub and Bob Smolarczyk. Uh, they'll be with us tonight to, to break down everything that is AFFL. We've had tons of emails, uh, questions throughout the, uh, the week since we've discussed uh, the possibility of this show, and uh, we just want to give everybody uh, uh, an inside look at the AFFL and what's going on there, how this all transpired, and people have got some questions. They've, uh, they've been sending them in pretty steady, so we're going to look at that. Now, Mike, last, last week everybody remembers uh, the draft, the red versus blue live play-by-play draft. This was for a seat at the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And uh, uh, the winner, of, like I said, the winner of this draft will have a, a, a full entry paid for in Las Vegas uh, for that top prize. It's 75000 this year. It may be 100000 next year. And, um, you know, it, it, it's an exciting draft. You, you, were, you were in here really over your head. But you know what? Anybody can win this thing when you're sitting down at the table. And uh, I'll tell you what, let, let's, just, let's just give the listeners a little clue of, of, of what you did. This is a 12-team league, one-and-a-half points per reception for tight ends, and it's a dual flex. So you start two running backs, two receivers, a tight end, and two flex. gives you a lot of flexibility in this league. Uh, if you have a – you know, a lot of times in these leagues, you need to start three wide and you, you, you lose one, and you're like, man, I can't even put it together a solid team. Well, in this format, you have a backup tight end maybe uh, or a backup running back. You could start four running backs in this league. It's, it's, it's a real flexible lineup, and, and it keeps everybody kind of in the race and in the thick of things. So that's really what's going for you. And you drew the eighth spot, right? So uh, I've, I've got the draft board in front of me here. You, you started off the draft with Michael Turner. Now, Mike, you took Michael Turner over LaDainian Tomlinson, Frank Gore, and then, of course, the slew of wide receivers, Andre Johnson, Randy Moss. Talk about Michael Turner as the team, the player you wanted to anchor your squad. Well, I have to have Michael Turner to be there. Uh, there's no doubt that I am 
I mean, I am running back solid. I have to have Michael Turner, and uh, I came back with another one, you know, obviously with LT. Uh, those guys have to be the staple of my team. I'm a little weak when it comes to wide receivers, uh, and I, I kind of learned from that. But, uh, you know, I, I feel – I feel pretty good about it because uh, Michael Turner is going to help me. Uh, I think it's going to help propel me to the next level and uh, get me over the top along with LT and, and along with the other uh, backs that I have. But it's, it's going to hurt come wide receiver time. Well, I think you're, I think you're uh, Mike, I don't know if, uh, if, if this is uh, going to be systematic of the whole show, uh, but you didn't draft LT in this league. Uh, that might be the Chill Bill satellite league you're thinking of. But uh, Mike, we got to we just got to get this out of the way. Then everybody wants to know about the buzz meter. Hey, it's a definite eight. Um, I'm I'm trying to multitask and sometimes I can't do that. But I am I'm eating breakfast right now at uh, Huddle House and it's a definite eight. It's not a twelve. It's not a ten. It's an eight. We're gonna take a anytime you go sixteen and one in Major League Baseball. It's not an eight. We have a caller from the two seven zero two seven zero. You're with us. State your name. Two seven zero. You're on the air. Wow, this is George. Hey George. Yeah, what do you got for us tonight? Well, we're just we're just breaking down a fantasy draft. I'm sitting here with Mike at the Huddle House, and I've never been in a fantasy league in my entire life. I'm just listening well, in, trying to figure out what all's going on with it. Well, I'm sure you'll have some fascinating content for us. No, if you want to, no, that's that's cool. If you want to chime in, or if you just want to chill back and uh, and listen to the show for a while, that's cool. Uh, you're obviously at the the Waffle House. You don't have a live stream internet in front of you, so yeah, you can listen to the uh, the sure. show for a while. Sure. And we'll just sure. we'll just let you uh, we'll just let you uh, veg over here for a while and uh, and check things out. But Mike, this is the draft that you took uh, Michael Turner in the first round at one one eight, and then came back with Brandon Jacobs. You remember now? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> so you took you took Turner and Jacobs and Turner again. There's a lot of knocks on Turner with only having like six receptions last year. I mean he's gonna have to he's gonna have to equal his 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 carries from last year or his touchdowns to be able to be the type of player you need him to be. So and, uh, Tony Gonzalez is in the mix. So I'm just I'm assuming you think that's gonna help his yards per carry quite possibly and and get a few more red zone looks. Well, I would hope so. I mean. Uh... Michael Turner, he can uh, he can do everything, whether it's, uh, it's in the backfield thing. or, you know, coming out of the backfield, catching passes, what have you. Uh, he's got he's got a lot of upside, upside like you guys like to say. Uh, but yeah, it, it's a safe pick, and I and I and I don't mind that pick at all. At one eight, I think it's a very good pick. You don't. There's not a lot to worry about there. You don't want to mess up in the first pick. It's not necessary that you have the top rated running back at one eight or even a top three running back, top five running back. It wasn't necessary. You don't mess that pick up. And I think you did a very good job there. It's very safe. Second round, you missed the tier of wide receivers with Reggie Wayne, Randy Moss, Andre Johnson, and a little surprised that Rod White from Atlanta went uh, early uh, before Reggie Wayne and Calvin. Now, I saw you were on the clock, and I was like, wow, Michael's, Mike's going to score Calvin Johnson here, who is just a point-scoring machine. 
And you passed up on the wide receiver here. Now, if you had it to do it again, would you pass up on Calvin Johnson for Brandon? Probably Davis? not. Probably not. Probably not. If I had to do it again, I would probably take Calvin. Um, it's just one of them things, you, you know, when you're under the gun, two minutes, uh, you're, you're looking at what you – you're looking at your own personal draft board, and you're thinking uh, the old school kind of way, which I was thinking uh, I got to get a I got to get a running back, another running back, another solid running back. Uh, but in a PPR league like this, uh, you pretty much got to go uh, wide receiver. And so if I if I had to do it over again, Scott, no doubt I would probably take Calvin. Well, and you know what? That's the thing about these high-stakes drafts. This isn't your local hometown league here. You get a minute and a half, maybe two minutes on the clock to make your decision. And if you're zeroing in on a guy or you're spending too much time in research, the, the clock is ticking, and, and sometimes you just don't – you can't think as clearly as a slow draft when you have time to study and evaluate. Um, but, uh, yeah, Calvin Johnson, the point difference there is, is, is pretty striking. It's probably going to take an injury for Brandon Jacobs to outscore Calvin, but still. You're solid at running back. You don't have any worries there. You come back in the third round, and, Mike, I think it's a gift wrap for you. It's a total gift wrap. You had Dwayne Bowe sitting there and Brandon Marshall, and you took Dwayne Bowe, who I'm very high on, red versus blue. Uh, we're very high on him here uh, on the show. Yep. And and he should have a, a great season with Matt Castle. He's got a little bit of weight issues uh, coming into camp, but I think I think he'll have no problem, uh, well, hopefully, have no problem shedding those pounds uh, before the camps hit. Then here's a pick you took that is another – it falls into that safe category, uh, Peyton Manning. You got Peyton Manning in the fourth when when quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers, uh, Carson Palmer, Matt Schaub, Ben Roethlisberger are going in the seventh, ninth, and tenth. Talk about Peyton Manning in the fourth and why you really had to secure that when you had a, a chance at some other players there. Well, you know what? Uh, after I solidified what I had to at the uh, first two rounds um, – I wanted to get a quarterback because I felt like that a uh, Thomas Jones, which I ended up getting, but would be available later on. Uh, I wanted to get a quarterback, and then I could fall back on a quarterback later, much later on. But I had, I felt like I had to get somebody right then and right there that's going to get a ton of points because, let's face it, uh, in this system, quarterbacks get a, they get a lot of points. You have to get a big-time quarterback that's going to give you a lot of points. And in this in this situation, I had to go Peyton because after that, it's going to fall way down. I mean, from from Peyton and that group, it's going to fall way off. So I had to do something then, and I can deal with the uh, backup later on. And, uh, and, and it worked out because with Thomas Jones going to five. Well, and Peyton Manning was the third quarterback off the board behind Tom Brady and Drew Brees, both proven commodities there. Peyton Manning, the same thing. Uh, you, you can't go wrong uh, with Peyton uh, in the fourth. Now, I got him in the fifth last year at FFPC, so it, it's still value. Uh, but uh, and your options there were Ryan Grant, uh, Antonio Bryant, Vincent Jackson. So I can understand the pick. There's not a, there's not a super elite player there like Peyton is at his position. So feels okay. Uh, you're just missing out on a player, but you know what? The fifth round, you come back around and you get Thomas Jones, who is who is um, an overlooked player, I think, this year. A lot of questions concerning Thomas Jones. Will he have the same type of year without Brett Favre in the fold? Uh, they drafted a rookie running back uh, by the name of Sean Green from Iowa. 
They expect him to be the bruiser and the goal line guy. Uh, there's some questions about Thomas Jones, but I think in the fifth round that's good value. You almost landed Marshawn Lynch there, and that would have been just a coup uh, to get Marshawn in the fifth there, five eight like that. Uh, but again, so you're strong at running back. I, I feel like you've got a great quarterback and you've got a good solid wide receiver one. You have to come back and get a wide receiver two in the next round, and you took Lee Evans. Um, Lee Evans, not too long ago, was the number one in Buffalo, and now that Terrell Owens is is, is there, I'm sure he's going to get uh, a little bit of lighter lighter coverage uh, on one side of the field, and, and maybe he's going to be able to uh, you know showcase what he can do. Well. You know, the one thing about it, Scott, in this league, uh, I cannot wait because, like I said, it's been a, it, it was a wonderful experience going through the draft uh, with with such uh, great participants. But the one thing about it is, I, I feel like I have an edge up, and and the what the reason I say that is because I have two running backs that are expendable on my team, and as the season goes along, I'm going to use that blind bid money, and We'll see what happens because I, that can be a filler. That can be a filler for uh, my wide receivers because I'm hurting at wide receiver. There's no doubt about it. But uh, I'll be able to use that and manage the team because, let's face it, in this league, you're a general manager. That's what you are. That's what you have to do. You have to manage the team. You have to manage your salary cap. Your salary cap is $1,000 of you know, mythical money. You have to right. use that, manage it, manage your team, and uh, yeah. I can't wait to use that and uh, look forward to doing it. Yeah, that's a that's a big part of this game. You could definitely improve your team. And, and you know, you, you are a little thin on wide receiver. If Antoine Bolden goes somewhere, you're going to be gold scoring Steve Breston in the eighth. I think a lot of people will regret passing on that upside there uh, for Steve Breston, and, and I think you uh, you have a good possibility there. Torrey Holt. Uh, I don't think he's washed up yet. And, and, again, the good thing about this league is you only have to start two wide receivers, uh, and, that, and that's going to help you tremendously in this league, Mike. So you've got some good competition there. there there's a lot of reviews going on at the uh, FFPC website. We also reviewed the teams on footballguys.com, so you guys can check out that draft board. We have a link to it in the chat room. Uh, thanks to everybody for being part of the chat room tonight. We didn't uh, uh, get a chance to put this on some of the boards that we normally do out of respect, but – I tell you what, uh, Carl's in the chat room, Go Go Broncos, Tail Kid, War Kittens, and, and, and several guests. AFFL's in the chat room as well. They've just arrived, so we're going we're gonna to bring AFFL on into, the, uh, into the phone bank here. Uh, okay, we've got, uh, hopefully this is uh, Bob and Wade from the AFFL. Gentlemen? You got it, Scott. How you guys doing, Scott and Mike? Hey, what's up? All right, this is, this is Bob uh, Smolarczyk we're uh, speaking with. This is Bob, yep. All right, Bob. And do we have Wade on here tonight? Yes, I'm here. All right, Wade Golub. Guys, uh, welcome to the show, Red vs. Blues. The phone number for the callers is 347-324-5404. Guys, we just wanted to bring you on and and welcome you to the show. This is uh, obviously AFFL has had a a tumultuous couple of years here that started uh, back in the, what, the 2000 and, uh, and, well, they've been around for, for years, but the, the 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 controversy started in 2007 yep. when the when when the payoffs when the payouts didn't arrive um, and that was a 17 page uh, long thread in the footballguys.com message board there was a lot of unhappy campers and and from firsthand experience you guys know I was playing in that event 
Uh, I won my league. I didn't cash anything else besides the league, but it's a significant amount of money. Uh, we talk about how this talk about how all this came about. Uh, either one of you uh, talk about how this came about. How did you guys come about to own the AFFL? Um, well, uh, we we I, I, this is Wade. I've uh, I've played in the AFFL since uh, the, I think it was the second year um, uh, by myself at first and. And then when we decided to go into the platinum, I, I did the golds and the silvers. And when I wanted to move up into platinum, uh, Bob and I were in the uh, NFFC uh, for uh, the, the first couple of years there. And then just because of the ease of it, of this being totally online and and not having to travel, we decided to go over to the AFFL, and uh, uh, we were there. And so we were actually uh, prize winners as well. Got the same emails as everybody else. Uh, in February and then in March, and when that second one in March came about, uh, uh, saying that he was looking for investors, um, Bob and I actually won uh, some money in Payday Sports, and uh, we're looking to we're kind of talking about starting up our own league, and and this was for sale, and it kind of just all escalated escalated from there. Tell us, obviously, uh, you know, if you want to start a, a high-stakes fancy event, that's cool. I get that. But talk about why AFFL was appealing. I mean, here you have Neil Wickham, the owner of the AFFL, uh, running off, uh, apparently, is how we felt with all the, with all the prize pool. And where, 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 wherever that went, whether it was in bills or support or software or integration, the money's gone, the prize pool's gone. And why, why go this direction? Right. Um, well, at first, uh, we we really thought that we were going to be able to, uh, between uh, the money that we had and uh, uh, loans we were planning on getting and investors that we had on board, um, we thought we were going to be able to raise enough money to pay everybody out and, you know, uh, get enough to go ahead and just keep the AFFL running the same exact way, like as if nothing happened, you know, have a, a few months a delay on the 07 prizes and just keep the ball uh, rolling the way it was. Um, and then as the months went by, it you know we we kind of just our, our our investor pool. Uh, it was a investment club uh, where the decision had to be unanimous, and that ended up falling through. And that was a significant amount of the uh, the uh, money that we were, we were we had at our disposal. Wade, you're talking about an investor club. Did you feel like they weren't they were weren't paying attention? Uh, were these guys fantasy football guys? Do they have any clue what you're talking about? Are they reading the same boards that we're reading? No, these we there were there were two or three guys that were playing uh, fantasy football, and they had uh, there was a total of eight guys. Um, they so I think the the vote was uh, five to three. And we just, they just could not convince their other three members to come into this. And like I said, in their bylaws, it had to be a hundred percent vote for every investment that they made. Okay, so the investment dollars fall through uh, at this point in the game. You really don't have anything vested in this venture at this point. So. Continue the story. Tell us exactly why, again, okay, investment dollars follow through. You're not going to be able to pay out the winner, so you're very likely not going to be able to get the support from those same players that played last year, or at least the winners. Now, I would assume the losers wouldn't have much to lose there, but 
talk about where your mindset is at at this point now that the investor dollars have fell through. Well, okay, um, yeah, we have invested um, personal money because um, we, we really thought that this, uh, based on, you know, the, the, the guys that we were talking to happened to be the fantasy football players in this club, um, they wouldn't uh, – one, another one of the rules is they wouldn't let us come before them. So we were kind of trying to filter everything through, uh, you know, one or two guys as far as information into the board. Um, so we – that that actually, if you know, if anybody that uh, is listening was getting our emails, that actually didn't fall through 100% until August, and that's when we really had to kind of make the decision. So up until August, we had invested uh, money into this in anticipation of that being successful. Okay. Well. I don't know, Bob. Are, are are you in this uh, this decision making process at this point? What are your thoughts as the investment dollars are falling through? Is this is this something your wives and your you guys have a deep down belief that this should work, or or, or why not just go a different route? Well, like we were saying, we were looking to start something on our own. We talked about it for years. Uh, I felt at first, you know, I was I was pretty I was pretty scared at first when we first started this. But uh, I really liked the product that was there. And the first thing that came about when we first started talking to Neil about taking this over, one of my first questions was to him was, since he said that he all that money went towards the software, my first question I said to him, looking him eye to eye, I asked him, well, any more money need to be invested into upgrading the software? And he said, absolutely not, not for a very long time. So that put me at ease there that we would not get in the same situation he did as far as the software goes. And uh, and then after this investment group fell through, I kind of was giving up. It, we, had, we had plenty of weeks where I was down and Wade was up and Wade was down and I was up. And I actually uh, I have a good friend here. He, he, uh, I just happened to mention it to him, and he became an investor. Uh, he, he's bringing, he brought another guy along. So... So that was a week where we were off beat. And then, you know, next week everything turned around with this investment club, and then we were down. And and my, my wife wasn't real sure about it at first either, but she knew I loved fantasy football. She knew I loved football. Um, we almost didn't get married because of football. So, I mean, she she started turning the corner a little bit, and once I got her on board, you know, every guy out there knows, if you get happy, uh, happy wife, happy life. So... Um, <laughs> You know, so, you know, we had some money invested. We already did the advertising, so it was kind of late to turn back. And we really wanted to do what was right for the player, uh, the players out there that were uh, owed money. I mean, the, the best we could do at that time was uh, offering credits to everybody. You know, we talked to a lot of the players. A lot of people wanted us to save it. We got great feedback from everybody. You know, there was a lot of angry people. And, you know, Scott, you were one. You know, it was very angry. Uh you know, and I don't blame you. We were owed money too, and I, you know what? When we told me we were getting paid, you know, it was a small amount, but you know, I was ticked off too. So I mean, I, I really, I really wanted this to work, and I really wanted to do it for the guys out there. You know, they were owed money as well. And I think after our first year, I think we really uh, did a good job at it because I think the feed, feedback we've been getting from our players has been uh, phenomenal. Well, guys, and that's kind of where I want to go, but but. I've still got to clear these hurdles here with Neil uh, and, and the conversation that you're having with Neil at, at this point. 
you're, you're having conversations with a guy who has spent prize pool money. Now, is that a what, what do you consider that? Is that a lack of judgment, or is that poor business sense, poor ethics, or is that all wrapped into one? But when, when when you're asking him, does the software need more money, and he looks at you and he says no, well, how do you how do you even believe that? So two part question. Um, you're right. It was tough to believe, but I guess when you sit there across from someone and you kind of look them eye to eye, I mean, you kind of hope you could get the right read on them. Um, you know, talking to someone over the phone or whatever, like he did to his players that were owed money or emails, you know, you can sit there and say what you want, but when you sit there, you know, across from him and see, I mean, I, I personally think he just, you know, he was, he just made some bad business decisions. He, uh, when that 2006 law came out that you had to, you know, guarantee your prize money beforehand, he took a big chance because when we, uh, when we looked at all his numbers from 05 to 06, he had a phenomenal increase in teams. He, he, he jumped, I want to say he jumped something from like 1,600 teams to like 2,700 teams. And so I think he was expecting that growth again going into the 07 season, and he just stayed the same. He never he never grew more. So he so he upped his prizes and everything, and that hurt him as well. I mean, he just couldn't he didn't get enough teams to cover percentage of the prizes that were supposed to be paid out. So I think it was just a bad business decision on his part. And also upgrading the software, you know, he made two bit, two bad business decisions. I mean, if he wouldn't have made those two decisions, he'd probably be the owner still and wouldn't be in this predicament, and we wouldn't be talking to you right now. Well, we're getting some feedback in the chat rooms and, and, and through messaging. I'll I, I tell you, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal story to have lived through for all of us and for you guys especially being in on this, trying to understand and, and decipher and put your money on the line. Uh, it, 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 it's got, it had to be some gut-wrenching nights there because there was some negative feedback going on on the boards. But when, when, when you're talking to Neil about software, guys, I mean, do you have a programming background? Are you computer guys? Talk Talk to us a little bit about that because this is a big product that you're purchasing or taking on. What what's the deal here? Well, yeah, we we do not have we do, we do not have any uh, program experience or anything like that. Um, I think based on our experience with the software, and then I, and like I said, that was one of the reasons that we decided to even even go forward with this when we were talking about. Um, Starting something up, we talked about doing it like the AFFL was doing it. We are going to try to find someone who could do something similar for us. So that was one of the big, big draws is we saw how the software worked and how it handled the leagues and, and, and everything like that, and we, we liked that about it. And then when we sat down with Neil, and he is a, he is a very technical guy, um, he, we didn't understand half of what he was saying, uh, but when he explained it in layman's terms, talking about how fast the um, how fast the waiver moves are processed, you know, it only took a few seconds no, to no. process the waiver moves for the for the whole for the whole system, um, and things like that, and how how quick the lineups get in from mock draft central or the once you draft, it only takes you know a few minutes to to, to import in and things like that. Those are things that we could understand. And, you know, like I said, you know, once he pointed it out like that, we're like, well, yes, we, oh, yeah, we didn't realize that, or, yes, that's what we liked about it. So this is this is some pretty high-tech software here, guys. Um, and, and, again, I, I enjoyed the software. It's very, it's very friendly. But 
uh, player friendly, but it, it seems very custom. It's not, there's nothing out there like it. So when you're coming on board buying this type of software, who in the world is going to support this software that Neil built? I mean, what, what happens if it breaks down? Well, the good thing is Neil, Neil didn't really build it. Uh, he hired a, a programmer. Um, uh, yeah, he, uh, Neil was, was the engineer probe engineers you know he was a software engineer and uh actually his programmer matt is the one that actually helped build it to where it's at so we kept you know we keep matt you know whenever we need something you know he comes on as a as a part-timer and he helps us with any problems or glitches that we may have okay well so so you have some support there i i'll, I'll tell you because that's some of the concerns that came through emails this week when we talked about having this show People wanted to know, is Neil involved in any way with this new operation? Uh, is, is he in, in any capacity involved in the AFFL? Uh, no, Neil is not. If we come up with something that some, we can't figure out, we go through Matt, and if Matt has a problem with something, he may call Neil from time to time and ask him you know, to help him through it. But, no, as far as day-to-day -day operations, absolutely mm. not. Just, just, just as a resource. Um, okay. As, yeah, I mean, basically, yeah, like I said, he did engineer the uh, the software. So, I mean, like last year at the beginning of the season, now last season he was instructing us, you know, because like I said, we started in August. So he was helping us along, and that was just a condition of the sale uh, that, listen, we need to know how to operate it. So, you know, he would instruct us on uh, how to, like, you know, just to do the admin things on the back end. And that continued, you know, uh, for a good part of the season until we kind of got the hang of it with the orders and, you know, just processing it and just, you know, all the back-end stuff because we, we made sure that he was going to instruct us that we would be able to run this just like, you know, just like, I mean, as if we were built it ourselves. Okay. So I think we're getting somewhere now. We're kind of clearing, clearing the hurdles here because usually in a situation like this, you know, you have ownerships. Uh, ownership that's that's transferring over, and the original, the, the previous owners, you know, kind of stay side by side with it for a little bit, just you know, making sure that it's that it does transition smoothly. So last year he was involved in some capacity, and, and you know, the, obviously talk about that a little bit because I know the winners receive some form of compensation from you guys, not necessarily in dollars in their pocket, but they were given an opportunity to reinvest some of those losses, uh, or, or I'm sorry, the winnings. They were, they were able to reinvest some of those winnings and play in your event uh, and, and keep things kind of rolling. And I know uh, that was something that was appealing to some of us. To, man, it was dead in the water, and now Bob and Wade are coming in and, and giving us a little bit of hope here. So the, the, the question I guess the callers have and the, that we've had over the, the, the show this week is, is how did that work, and why was Neil's name sort of had to be identified to be able to receive those that that support? Well, um, basically, the, it, the how it worked was we were offering, like I said, we, the investment fell through. We were about we were going to walk we were going to walk away from it and cut our losses. And then I was driving to work, and I'm like, you know, we put too much time and too much effort in it. We, we should at least try one last thing. And then we came up with just seeing what everybody would think. It was just going to offer everybody credits. It's still something of value. Um, we tried to pay off the old debt. It, it, it didn't. 
you know, it just I, I like I said, I don't think we had enough time to raise that amount of money. Um, as far as having to and why it was indemnified, uh, had to basically indemnify Neil, um, all I could say is, you know, we didn't want to offer everybody credits and be on the, like, you know, there was, like, you know, obviously a lot of prize money involved here, and almost everybody uh, took advantage of that. Um, so there was a lot of money that now we are on the hook for. We didn't want to have people then in addition to that, go and, you know, go after Neil, still go after Neil, where we've already basically offered, like, you know, if somebody's offered $3,000, we give them $3,000 of credit, and then they're still going to go and sue Neil for 3000 If you understand, that's pretty much why we just wanted to make sure stuff like that wouldn't happen. Okay, we've got a caller from the 904. Caller, you're on the air. State your name. Where are you from? 904 Florida, you're on the air. Okay. We didn't scare him off, did we? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe so. I tell you, sometimes I think uh, some of these guys call in because they can't access the show any other way. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll just move. We'll just move on. Uh, you know, the the, the payout. Uh, I can understand that a little bit. Um, but what's the motivation really on your side of things to? Uh, you you obviously want the want the players to come on on board, and you want the players to come on. So why put the caveat with Neil when if if Neil has nothing to gain in this situation, or why give Neil an out here when it, it's not really his deal anymore? I mean this is this is your your guy's baby. Why why not bring bring players in, take that take that little take that risk with them? If there's no other benefit to you guys but to bring the players on, why not allow? Uh, them to pursue whatever they want to with Neil. Yeah, I mean, I guess we could have gone that route, but I thought by making things right with the player, it would show the kind of guys that we are, the stand-up guys that we are, uh, that we were looking out for the, for them. I guess you could kind of say we were kind of like their temporary, you know, we were kind of like their attorneys or whatever, kind of getting the money for them and purchasing this from Neil and, uh, you know, giving, giving them something, you know, because I really don't, I don't know what they would have gotten if they would have pursued it. Uh, I don't think they would have really gotten that much, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, like I said, it was more or less just trying to do what was right. I mean, I'm a big karma guy, so I believe in good karma and by helping others out that, in the, you know, at the end of all this, I think with the, the AFFL's name will be cleared in another year or so after payouts again. And I just, I just believe it was the right thing to do. I'm going to jump in right now. Uh, this is Mike. Uh, what you just said right now uh, means a lot to the world of uh, uh, high-stakes fantasy football, uh, doing what's right. Uh, I've been listening to uh, a lot of the conversation uh, in the last few minutes, and uh, it all boils down to credibility and what you want to do and uh, being credible to, uh, to yourself and to the uh, – to, to the participants that want to get involved. And it, it's it's got to be hard to clean up a mess. Uh, you know, that's got to be very difficult. And uh, I give you guys kudos for uh, doing that, uh, but doing it in the right way. And uh, building or rebuilding credibility, it, I mean, that's a tough thing to do. Uh, and, it, and it's got to be very hard to uh, 
get get everybody on board to do it that way and uh, to uh, have yourself uh, to be credible about doing it. And uh, you know, I think that's pretty cool. And it's going to be a it's it's a long road, but uh, you know, just keep fighting the fight, and that's what it's going to take uh, just to be credible. I I agree a hundred percent with you, Mike. Nice talking to you today. Finally get to come on. I know we had a lot of. Uh, Conflicting schedules yeah. over the last few weeks, but uh, you know we're not. You know, like I said, you know we, we, that's what it's all about for us. You know, we're trying to restore the name of the AFFL. I know a lot of people asked us, even when we talked to our players. You know, are we going to change the name and all that? And you know, me and Wade wanted the challenge to restore this back to where it once was. Where I think at one point I really believe it was one of the top three or four probably sites out there to play at. So um, we know we know we're not in this for the short term. So. Uh, just like you were saying, it was gonna, we're going to fight the fight like you were saying, and, you know, hopefully people will see that we turn this around and, uh, you know, give us a shot. Well, Absolutely. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to believe in what you're doing, and uh, everybody else, they'll, they'll come on board. Once you know that uh, once you, you believe in yourself and uh, everybody believes in it, then uh, it, it's a no-brainer and things will uh, kind of go from there. Because I'm this. not in it to screw anyone out of money, because my wife will kill me before anyone else could get to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, we've for got sure. This, we've got this caller from the 904. We're going to give one more try to. Uh, caller from the 904, state your name and where you're from. Yeah, Tony from Jacksonville. How you guys doing? Great hearing about the AFFL. What you know, getting into this industry and taking over the AFFL and knowing all the problems in this industry. I mean, we all play in the fantasy sports industry. It's just a shame that we don't have a, a good reputation, as this constantly seems to be something that keeps on happening with sites out there. What do you guys see long term that we can do to prevent this problem so nobody has a, 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 a oversight committee, some sort of oversight committee in the fantasy industry to prevent this from keeping? happening yes that, that's a great question and actually uh bob and i uh since starting this uh last august we've been to two uh conferences with the uh fantasy sports trade association and that was a big topic at this one it just happened actually uh two weeks ago um they had referenced you know because that is you know unfortunate and and now being a part of this industry you know we could see how this type of thing is going to hurt the industry overall. So that was definitely something that uh, was discussed there. And it's um, there's a lot of discussion of, of how much that association can do being an association. I mean, can it take, uh, can it, you know, what, what can it do to uh, contests that, you know, don't, don't pay out? Um, so there is, there is talks in the works. On things that we're gonna that that the industry, or you know, certain parts of the industry are gonna be able to do to try to curtail this type of, uh, um, you know, happenings. Yeah, uh, we we we, we should have had a two-hour show tonight because I tell you, time is just flying by. We we have 16 minutes left. Uh, we're speaking with the AFFL owners Wade Golub and Bob Smolarczyk. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number, and we have a 904 caller Kelly on the air. So, Kelly, go on with the next question. Yeah, you know, it's the hard thing. I mean, the biggest question I would have is uh, instead of taking over the AFFL reputation, and it seems like did you guys make people, when they took credits on, on this work, do they have to sign anything so they can't go and sue that money afterwards? Yes, yes, they did. Uh, and that's, I think uh, Scott had asked that earlier as to why we did that. Um, they did, and, the, and the, the best reason that I could really give is 
uh, if we were giving you $5,000 worth of credit to play with us, we just didn't, you know, want somebody to go and then, you know, and I, I understand Scott's uh, uh, philosophy of, you know, who cares about Neil? And, and you know, really, we, we don't really care about Neil. Um, but, uh, but like Bob said, it's a karma thing. We don't want, if we're, if we're making amends for somebody else, we just didn't think it would be right that, that, you know, that person should just have to, have to pay if we're basically trying to take that, to, you know, or took that debt away from them or that, you know, owing that money. But the, the, but from the outside looking in, just just being you know just listening to the show the first time, never having any interaction with the AFFL, it looks like that Neil basically probably could have wrote you guys a check for twenty five cents on the dollar and then settled all his problems without going to court. And that, that I'm sure that's not what happened, but that's what it looks like. Um, I don't. Is, are you saying that he could have wrote us a check, or he could have wrote just... Absolutely. If you guys are giving credits, and then they can't turn around and sue him for the money owed, I would think that, that that's a good way to get out of the debt without having to go to court for, for, for the former owner. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, well, I think it was Neil, um, like I said, we, we spoke to him uh, last year and just in the course of, of, you know, working the deal through, and he, he didn't seem, he didn't strike me as as a bad guy, and this wasn't... Uh, I I don't think in any way that this was a deliberate thing and he ran off with everybody's money. I think it was poor management and, and bad business decisions that really did him in. Um, he had invested. Uh, obviously, he built the contest, uh, uh, or you know, uh, man, uh, you know, um, uh, engineered it. So he had spent a lot of, of money uh, in this, um, and I think that he wanted to make sure he didn't. I, I, I don't, he wanted to make sure that everybody got their money, and he was trying to find uh, investors or someone to buy it that could make that happen. And it was kind of, I think, the same thing as, as our troubles uh, started rising up that was affecting his ability to, to get everybody, you know, the money that they were owed. He, he, basically, didn't, he basically didn't want to give everybody less. He wanted everybody to get what they deserved. Yeah, common, yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the, Thanks for taking my questions. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Look, I've well, only got I've only got one other question, uh, real yeah. quick, because I know we're kind of up against it. But uh, uh, you guys have really taken on a uh, quite quite a uh, quite a feat, and uh, you feel like you've turned the corner. I mean, do you really feel like you've turned the corner in uh, making this thing happen uh, and having a good uh, taste in people's mouths? Oh yeah, I I, th I think we've uh, are getting to that corner. I think we've uh, made right from last from '07. Uh, you know, we paid everyone out last year. Uh, we're heading into '09, and we didn't start last year till August 9th. And this year, you know, we've been open the whole year, and signups have been pretty steady all year so far. We're uh, I, I believe we're we're at the corner, and our turn signal's on, Mike. I love that. I, lo I love to hear that. Great. Well, guys, it's uh, we, we, we've got 12 minutes left with the show. I'll tell you what, uh, some, some other questions we have is what guarantees can you make that our money is safe? That's real big now in the industry, and I know you talked about it a little bit with, the, with Kelly in the question, but AFFL, if we're going to play AFFL and we've got these listeners that, that, are, that, are, that are looking at this event now, what guarantees can you make that the money that we, that we put in will be safe? Well, um, I, I, right now uh, we're talking about possibly doing some sort of escrow account, but we haven't made that decision yet. Um, 
like you know doing a pre escrow pre you know pre contest. Um, but the best guarantee that we can give is that you know we are willing to put the money in that's necessary to get the people paid if every year that the contest goes. You know, last year obviously a lot of our signups uh, were credits, so um, we had to pay out a lot more than what we actually took in, and we put our personal money in and we paid it out. Um, and we're willing to do the same thing this year uh, and every year until this, you know, becomes a contest that is going to, you know, fund itself. And I think that we're going to be close uh, to to doing that based on just the sign-ups that are coming back. We have a lot of uh, people from 07 that didn't pay, play last year coming back and signing up for teams uh, in 09 after, you know, we paid out in 08. So that's very promising, and, and Bob and I are both happy about that, that we've got people returning after they, you know, they kind of sat out a year and, and uh, uh, and, that, and that's another thing of why we uh, got, this, the AFL already had an established customer base. You know, I, I know one of the questions earlier was, you know, why did we decide to do this? Um, I mean, I think Neil's when we were looking at the numbers, Neil's first year, he may have had like 100 people um, and having to pay out, you know, a substantial amount on his multiple levels that the AFL has you know, I think that's what maybe got him in trouble, you know, starting out early, is just not having the, the teams uh, necessary. Whereas, yes, this was a, a large, uh, there were some issues, and our, like I said, our initial thought was getting everybody paid so those issues would have disappeared. But I think that it's good that the people are coming back, and uh, we are willing to put more money into this to get everybody paid out every year that the contest goes. If it ever looks... If it ever looks like you know it's uh, that's not something that we're going to be willing to do, then we will just we will just not run the contest that year. If it, if it just gets too daunting and and it's costing uh, the two of us too much money, then we will just you know cut our losses because we do not want to be in that situation uh, and go through you know, something like that again. It sounds like uh, honestly, uh, it sounds like definitely you're in a uh, rebuilding stage, and that's what it's all about. Uh, to rebuild something uh, that uh, somebody left behind, like if you was to uh, buy buy a major league baseball franchise or an NBA franchise or an NFL franchise, you bought it. You're trying to rebuild it, and uh, let's make it happen. And let's, let's make it happen in the right way. Well, Mike, not to cut you off there, but when you, you're mentioning that uh, they bought it, is is that something? Do you guys have to pay Neil something to take this event over, or I mean, you don't have to say how much, obviously, but did you just take it over, or did you have to? Was there some kind of deal there? Well, I mean, it's in his best interest to to be free of this. Yeah, there there was a there was a deal, and uh, it, it was you know negotiating. Obviously, anybody that read the email, or I don't know if you ever put that in the email. Um, when I contacted him, he had I had asked him, you know, first what he was looking. I think he originally wanted a, he was looking for a fifty percent partner, and I had sent an email asking what. You know what that entailed, and he sent that uh, response back, and I we didn't move forward at that point. And then he was uh, the m- next month he sent that he was looking to actually sell it, and I sent him another email, and and the number that I got back is something that we then you know worked on. Um, I don't I don't know if we should necess- I don't know if we can necess- necessarily disclose that stuff, but there was there was yeah we didn't just like just just take it over. Um, we didn't I, I wouldn't say we paid uh, a, right. a lot, but. 
Well, we've got eight minutes left in the show. Talk about the $100,000 winner. Did you have conversations with this guy? I think his name was Diesel on the boards, and I don't know the guy, but look, you just won $100,000. You're loving life. You're celebrating with the boys at the bar, and you're buying rounds of drinks because you just won hundred grand. Who was this guy? Did you talk to him, and, and what did those conversations go like? Yes, we, we talked to all of the grand prize winners and a lot of the, uh, like I said, back in June we were calling a lot of the uh, – uh, all the winners. I mean, we tried to talk to everybody, but there were there were a lot of winners. Um, the hundred thousand guys were actually a team, and uh, we we uh, we made deals with with these guys, and that's and that's something I could really disclose either. Um, but uh, everybody, all the grand prize winners were on board uh, when we when we moved forward back in August. So that was that was uh, that was reassuring as well. Uh, obviously, though, they had a lot more at stake. And I think, you know, interested in talking to the people, the, the guys that had, the, the more the people were owed, the more excited they were about what we were doing and the happier they were. It was the guys that were owed like $25 that really, you know, had, had a lot of problems. And uh, being owed any amount is, is understandable. But it just, in talking to the people, the higher amounts were, because they had more at stake, you know, I mean, if we're coming in and trying to offer them a credit, at least you're getting something. And because you know, the more the more you're owed, I think the more lenient uh, you are is at it at a um, you know a uh, a, rec- a resolution. Well, and there's some good uh, feedback going on in the chat room uh, right now. And uh, man, it's just it's just one of those stories. I, I still, I'm, I, you know, just. Just as I talk and start typing it out, I'm like, man, I'm feeling those same emotions back where I just wanted to wring this guy's neck for doing this, all of us. I, and, I see that in the chat room. <laughs> it, 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 okay, you know, escrow, you, you mentioned that for something about pre-escrow. I don't know exactly what all that is, but, I mean, escrow is, in event, in essence, safe, and you, you throw the money in there, and it's, and it's, and it's held. What, what's the downside of escrow? Because that would, that would just seem to put a lot of us at ease. Um, yeah, and that's why we're considering we're considering uh, definitely doing it. Um, well, the problem is is that uh, we the, the amount of prizes that we're going to pay out, like I said, is is last year we didn't even have enough to put into the escrow account. This is all personal money being filtered into the contest um, that'll probably be this year and uh, maybe next year. So. I mean, obviously, personal money we're using for things. We we have we have money available to us. Um, that I, I, we're, that's something we've both been discussing since last year, and we're there is there is no downside. It's just getting that you know putting all that money in you know months ahead of time. Well, I'm I'm yeah. just going to speak uh, before we uh, before we get off here, uh, just from my perspective. Uh, I appreciate you guys taking a lot of uh, candid questions, and uh, there's going to be a lot more candid questions because uh, hopefully on Red versus Blue, uh, you guys will join us again. Uh, but uh, you you kind of handled a lot of questions, pretty uh, a lot of tough questions, pretty good, and uh, there might be more to come. But uh, uh, I, I really appreciate it from my standpoint and uh, from a uh, fantasy football owner. Uh, you know, I like to hear answers to questions, and I think Scott's brought out a lot, and uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. And uh, like I said, we're here. Anyone could call us at any time and ask us anything they want. Our uh, 
Our numbers are on our website. Uh, anyone could feel free, you know, ask us anything. We're not running. That's why we wanted to come on here and clear the air about us, let everyone know, you know, what we're about and who we are. And, you know, we're in this too. You know, we're fancy football guys. We've been, I've been playing over 20 years, you know, and, you know, we're here for the, we're here for the guys that play with us. You know, they support us, and we're just trying uh, to return the favor and support everyone out there and take care of them. And, you know, that's why we uh, we jumped into this. Absolutely, and I think that's awesome because uh, you know don't feel like you're being grilled, but uh, it just uh, it, it's it's good to know that uh, you know there's uh, there's owners out there of a uh, of a fantasy organization like like what you guys are doing, and uh, you know it it makes you feel good when you got great great people behind what uh, what they're doing. Thanks, Mike. Well, I, uh, I talked to Bob and Wade about uh, this interview, and I and I don't think. If they feel like they've been grilled, well, you know, that's kind of our job. But at the same time, they were open for it. They were up on it. They were up for, for stating things on the record and facing tough questions. I mean, I I told them it was going to be that type of interview, and they and they embraced it. So I, I applaud you guys for having the courage to do that. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 been a, it's been one of those uh, shows where we did get to air some of those, those thoughts and questions. And now it's up to the listeners to decide what to do with that. Um, and you know you guys have been helpful to and and, and stand up guys to, to 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 come up to the show and show us what you got and uh, you know now it's just up to up to the listeners to find out if they should play the event and so go ahead and plug the website while you're here and and, and let them know where you're at if they don't know already. Well, if you guys want to come play high stakes, high stakes, high stakes, look at me. Well, come play high stakes. You could visit us at uh, www.affl.com. And coming up this year, too, we will be offering a commissioner product as well. Okay, so something, something that guys can use uh, for, and get something out of that software that we paid so much for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and what's the top prize this year? What kind of big leagues are you running? Are you running some big leagues or are you just running 12-man leagues or what, what's going on there? Uh, well, we have individual leagues uh, uh, that, I, you know, we, we don't call them satellite leagues. They're, they're pay individual leagues, just 12 teams, has a more uh, standard playoff system. And then we've got the different levels in our main contest that is more of the, uh, the uh, con- you know, um, uh, like a made big contest. And there's, we're going all the way up with the Platinum, um, uh, which is a $1,400 entry fee. That's going to be based on seven leagues uh, with a $50,000 grand prize. And as the leagues go up to a maximum of 13, we're going to go up to 80. 14, 14 leagues. 14, sorry, 14 leagues. Yeah. The grand prize will, uh, will will rise as well. And then we are offering a, a million-dollar uh, bonus prize this year. It's an insured prize. Um, anybody that can win three contests. Three levels. Three levels uh, will then be will then get an additional $1 million. Whoa. And is that is that a payout or is that a, a long term type thing like a lot of money? That'd be, that'd be, yeah, that would be an annuity, and it would be paid like it's, it's the insurance company will pay it. We're gonna we're taking out a policy. Okay, well guys, this is uh, this has been a good show. Thanks for coming on board, and uh, you know if you want to stick around in the chat, I'm sure we'll we'll be doing a, a little bit of overtime. So, uh, Bob Smolarczyk and, and Wade Golub uh, from the AFFL, thanks for being on Red versus Blue. Thanks for having us, thanks, guys. guys. Thanks, okay. guys. All right, bye. All right, Mike. Well, you heard it. Uh, that was the AFFL, and we've uh, we've got 30 seconds left in the show. So, uh, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us tonight, Mike. I know you guys you were at Churchill Downs, so uh, appreciate you. Yeah, it's been kind of crazy, you know, Churchill Downs Huddle House. But I'm glad I was able to catch the uh, 
uh, last few minutes of the show uh, with those guys, and uh, you know, it just brings different light on uh, fantasy football. Well, this has been Red versus Blue. Thanks for joining us, everybody. You've been listening to Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time. situation uh but when you when you take on something like that you better you better sell it you better sell it well and i'm not i'm not totally sold and i hope uh if if they're still listening online and i hope they hear that uh that's just my take i i just didn't buy the whole thing well i think they were uh I think there's still a, a few little unresolved things there, uh, especially with the whole Neil Wickham scenario and what did he or didn't he get uh, a, a deal in that, and, and you know why re, why absolve him out of that relationship? That's still a little sticky. I can understand uh, some of the concepts that Wade was speaking of, where you know you you're, you don't want double trouble here. You don't want to let the guys, uh, the players, have free entries, uh, and you know that you know, make up for their $500, or 1000 or $3,000, and then also go get 3000 I mean, I can understand that, um, that we don't Scott, need I, I think they're wanting to, I, I'm sorry, but I, I think they're wanting to do the right thing, and they're going. They're trying to go to go about it the right way, which, you know, in two or three years, they could be very, very successful. Uh, but I think they're afraid to throw somebody under the bus, and that's that's what 
that's what bothers me a little bit because uh, at the, at this point in time, uh, when they're starting this thing and trying to recover and trying to reinstate credibility, uh, you got you got to do what you got to do, and uh, I, I just I didn't sense that. We still got Kelly here from the 904. Kelly, you still with us? Kelly, are you on the air? Kelly from the 904. It looked like, because I tell you, this guy really brought it, and he he he, uh, he had some good some good questions, some good content. I was I was hoping yeah. to get to get to know him a little bit better. So I've I've got him on here, but I don't know if he's still uh, if he's still hanging out on the show or not. Kelly, are you there? Kelly, okay, maybe not. <laughs> well, I tell you what, uh, you know, it, it was a show that um, I, I, I did want to get a little bit more of the personal background about Wade and Bob. I think that kind of helps to get to know the guys a little bit better before they started answering some tough questions. But I really yeah. didn't make the time for it. Uh, uh, you know, I've, I've had a couple conversations with Bob, and you know, it's a small world. He's in the concrete business too. I can kind of relate to that. And up in Chicago, not too far away from the Midwest, and. You know these guys have families and, and, and businesses, but uh, I don't know. It was just uh, we didn't get a, we didn't really get around to the, the to that element. Um, I, I think where they where they did um, uh, connect to the to the listeners and to the the fantasy players is is that the, you know they were they were on the spot. They were in the, uh, the lights were shining on them, and, and they had some tough questions, and they and they just kind of handled them the best they could. Um, well, you know, I, I thought so. Who got uh, you know? The first uh, the first half hour of the show, I was kind of busy eating and uh, what have you, and I wasn't really focused into the show. But the the last half hour, uh, I was listening to the questions that you gave, which I thought were absolutely uh, spot on questions, very good. And then uh, you know I you know I posed a couple questions myself, and uh, they uh, they handled them and they tackled them and. That, that's what you like to hear of somebody that's going to take on something and uh, instead of evading a bunch of things, uh, you know, they they tried and did handle them uh, the, best of, the best of their knowledge at this time. Well, and, and, and you know, you did kind of, like I said, you did kind of throw in those plus balls, and, and they were thankful for that. <laughs> Gave them a breather uh, because I, I tell you what, when I heard an answer, I, I wanted to actually get the follow-up to it. I wanted to kind of get a little bit deeper into that answer because um, that's sure. what we're looking for. We're, we're, we wanted to make this interview something where we where we where we got some answers. And again, I told you, I I think we should have made that a two-hour show. I was I was kind of wondering how this show would go, and and I, and I didn't know if it'd fill up the full hour or not. But man, we could we could have kept going. Uh, yeah. Probably you know for at least another hour talking about the, those that, that relationship and that deal as it went down and started to evolve. Um, you know, just full disclosure, I, again, I won a league uh, that year, 2007. Listen, AFL was around for like six, seven years. That's, what, that's what's so scary. Six or seven years, Mike, um, the AFL had been around, and I had heard about them through other high-stakes players. I think the person I heard from uh, was, uh, was um, oh, shoot. Uh, well, let me, well, well, Scott, let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. So you pretty much – did not get the full disclosure that you wanted. Yeah, no, it's going to take a little bit more time for me. Uh, you know, I, there were some answers there that just, to me, weren't straightforward. Uh, and, and again, I, I think when you're put on the spot like that, it's kind of, it's kind of tough um, to, to go there if you're not ready for it. And uh, you know what? There's some, there's some things there that, that weren't uh, full disclosure in my opinion. And, and you know, maybe it'll take a second interview to, to get to that. 
Maybe we'll have an overtime for those guys or something. But I, I, I don't know. I just kind of, I, I was. There were some things that I felt uh, felt good about the interview. Just kind of hearing more about Neil and how that all all went down, and just a little bit of closure there. But no, there's still a lot of cloudiness though. Yeah. A lot. Of, yeah. There was a lot of cloudiness, a lot of gray areas that still didn't get done, and I, yeah. I agree. I'll tell you what, it, it feel a lot better moving forward. Uh, and again, I, I think Wade and Bob are going to try to do a good job that they can. Uh, I'm not so sure that uh, when, when you don't put, when you don't go forward with an escrow, uh, when you're in that type of position, I think that's a bad move PR-wise. I think that's what you need to do. You need to show folks that you have that money and it's sitting there waiting because the, the worst thing that can happen is with, without an escrow, you're telling me that you don't have that cash to set aside. <laughs> Yeah. And that and that's troublesome. Uh, but you know, then again, you've got events like WCFF uh, that aren't that aren't escrowing. And again, they're they're 900 teams deep. So, gosh, I don't know. Uh, I, I I just feel that uh, you know we got some answer. We didn't get it all answered, but now we do know a little bit more about Wade and Bob. That's kind of what I was what I was hoping for. And uh, you know, well, you know, maybe within the uh, within the next uh, month or so, they can uh, come back on and field some more questions to where uh, some of our listeners are going to be ready to uh, jump on board if, if they hear the right answers uh, to feel confident about uh, going, going in that direction. Well, these guys do play in the high stakes leagues with us, Mike. I mean, I think they've played in the NFFC in the past, the Chicago Justice. Uh, may have even been in a league with us. I don't know. I mean, we played in Chicago for the last couple of years for that for that outfit. And then FFPC. I think they're going to be playing in the FFPC this year, the Players Championship. And and Mike, uh, again, uh, if, if we want to just change gears here for a second, that the draft that you were in uh, was a smashing success. It broke all of our records for show listenership. Uh, we gave the interactive draft board as it was going live, and we we gave the um, the, the link. Uh, to the chat room, as well as, uh, you know, us breaking down the draft as it was going on and taking live calls. It was really the complete picture, and I, and I can't wait to do the next one when we do the big payback draft. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and I'm looking at the draft board right now. There were several good teams in there. I think uh, I think Coyote Streakers had a really good draft. I think Billy Waz uh, did pretty good. And yep. uh, I really liked Azuri. I liked Azuri team. I like Ollie's team, Army of Darkness. I mean, he comes out of there with Adrian Peterson at the three pick after Matt Forte and Larry Fitzgerald were one and two. Uh, but he ends up with Portis, Jennings, Chad Johnson, Hines Ward, Mason. I mean, those are all solid guys. Gonzalez, Tony Gonzalez, and Tony Romo. I mean, that's, there's not a weakness on that team. I mean, he's going to be he's going to be feeling uh, pretty good. So well, there's there's no doubt about it. And uh, it was a uh, like I've told you, Scott, and like I've told the listeners, uh, it was quite a learning experience for me. Uh, but I can't wait to uh, jump back into a couple more, and uh, we'll see what happens with this team. I, you know, I, I'm I'm very comfortable with uh, Michael Turner, Brandon Jacobs, Thomas Jones, you know, and uh, even a uh, even a high tower if I have to use him. Uh, and but wide receiver, I'm very thin. But uh, you know, I, it's just it's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm going to have fun using the waiver wire as well. Uh, who knows when I might just throw down five hundred dollars? Well, we'd like to see you do it. All right, that's all. That's all we got tonight, guys. Thanks for being part of the show. Uh, thanks for the callers, and uh, you know, hopefully, uh, if, if you guys can come back, Mike, I think we're going to be doing two shows a week here pretty darn soon. It's uh, it's getting to the point where there's just too much content to keep up with. We can always extend the show to two hours, but 
I'm uh, I'm needing my fix midweek, uh, so I'm I'm thinking about a I'm thinking about a midweek show here. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully we can pull that off somehow. I haven't figured out how it's going to work, but uh, we're, we're we're hoping to do it. So, uh, from everybody here at Red versus Blue, thanks for uh, thanks for listening, and Mike, thanks again for uh, being part of the show. Hey, thanks again, Scott. Appreciate it. Okay, we'll see you guys. Take care.